Well, it is great to be here with everyone. I'm just James. <laughs> I was going to tackle Greg, but uh, in love, just teasing. But, you know, that, that thing for me of just James is actually really important. And the reason it's really important is there's really only one that really needs to be elevated, and that's Jesus. You know, and so, you know, I don't, I don't go with titles. I'm not a very formal person. Not that I don't have a role, I do, but at the end of the day, I'm James, you're you, and we have one King and one Lord, and it's Jesus Christ. So I am, man, what a time, eh? So for, I know most people that are watching online were here a week ago, and now we've only got a handful of people we're able to have in the room with us as we film. And so for those that are were registered really quick and are here, it is great to have you here with us. It's so much easier preaching to people than it is preaching to a camera. But you know, literally a week ago, there were 140, 150 of us in the room because that's what the capacity of the room was. A week later, we've got a handful of people here in the room. And it's kind of the times that we're in. I mean, literally this week, on Monday, I heard we couldn't meet and then we made a new plan. And then on Thursday, I heard we could meet. So it's just, it was just rolling with what's going on and the confusion of this season. And it's so important that in this season, we do not get focused on what's going on around us in the world. Because if we do, if we get focused on what the news is saying and you know, what the world is saying, then we're going to descend into a place of fear. And fear is the opposite of faith. Man, thank you so much. Fear is the absolute opposite of us living in faith. It doesn't mean we're reckless. It doesn't mean there's a, there's a reality. There's a virus out there that is affecting things. Most of the lockdowns that are going on have to do with our healthcare capacity, our hospitals capacity, and our, and our cities and our, and our society's ability to manage. How do we manage all these sick people? That, you know, that have the potential of getting sick from this virus. And I know it's like we have questions. I mean, Lee was in the shops on Friday and the shops are full of people and his people are panicking again. Oh, do we need to stock up? Are they going to lock everything down? What's going to happen? And I'm, I'm reminded of the fact of just how important it is that we would, that each and every one of us in this season, as as is as frustrating it's sometimes fearful and as confusing as the season is is that we would stay focused on jesus we would allow him to be as the word declares our prince of peace that we would take his words and put them into practice as Kira always asks me for a title for social media and all these things the title i give for today is wise builders and i take that from scripture from Matthew 7, and that's where we're going to start off today, in Matthew 7, verse 24. But to give some context before I read this, Matthew 7, verse 24, is the end of the Sermon on the Mount. So Jesus has just given this teaching to the people where he has said, look, I am not here to eliminate the law, I'm actually here to fulfill the law. I'm the fulfillment of the law. And he goes on and then starts reinterpreting the law the way it was meant to be interpreted, not the way that the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were teaching it at the time. And he even goes on and says, look, if your righteousness doesn't surpass that of the Pharisees and the, and the, the teachers of the law, you, you're not going to enter into the kingdom of heaven. 
Now, for those panicking right now, I'm not about to give a sermon on how to follow the law. What I am going to do is talk to us about the importance of us taking Jesus's words and putting them into practice in our life. Because that's what Jesus said. He goes on and he says at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount and the end that we're to take what he says and put it into practice. That the following of that, the actual application of those words is important for us. And so he says here in Matthew 7, verse 24, he says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew against the house, yet it didn't fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Uh, it's really important because we often, we look at the teachings that are there in the Sermon on the Mount. You know, we see things like where Jesus said, look, you've heard, you know, that you shouldn't murder. But I tell you, don't even be angry at someone. Even being angry puts you in danger of the fires of hell. And things like, things, he says that, he talks about us loving our enemies. He talks about us not worrying, us putting our trust in him of us being single-focused, not on the treasures of this world, but on the treasures of the kingdom of heaven. And many other things that he reinterprets from the law that in the Sermon on the Mount. The incredible thing is that, you know, like Jesus taught his disciples, everything that he teaches there in the Sermon on the Mount, it can ultimately be summed up in love God with all your heart, mind, and spirit, and love your neighbor as yourself. These are the two greatest commands. But there's some key things here for us in this season. It's this thing of, you know, something God's just had me doing is really reading and studying this and understanding it in the context of its its time and what Jesus was doing. Because he was literally, if you look and see, he's actually taking statements that were being taught and misinterpreted by the Pharisees and the Sadducees at that time. And he's interpreting them the way that God had intended them to be. And, And it's incredible. Because You know, the amazing thing is that we can't do those things, right? We don't have the ability to live out perfectly the way Jesus did, the things of the law that he was under, let alone the teachings that he was given. And yet what we have is the ability to abide in Jesus, to put our trust in Jesus, to actually in our life say, you know what? What I actually need is Jesus's perspective, his way, his heart in how I approach everything. So as we go through this crazy season, this crazy time in history, we go through this pandemic, we either can be you know, taught how to, do by, to go through it by the CBC or the CNN or the Toronto Star or whatever other news source that you read, or we can be going to the very words of Jesus and we can read things like, do not worry, and we can go, you know, Jesus, I'm worried. I, maybe I'm, I'm struggling. I'm experiencing this. I'm wor- fearful of this different thing. But you know what? Or I'm frustrated. And you know what, though, Lord, you said that if I trust you, I, won't, I don't need to worry. And so I'm going to try, help me put my trust in you. 
Help me learn what it is to actually walk in step with you in every instance of my life. James repeats these words in James 1. He goes, he writes it like this. Uh, There we go. Oh, it's great. I have no idea what just happened there. So let's look here. In James 1, he says, Do not. He goes, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Now, that word that he's talking about, that perfect law that, he, that gives freedom, is the gospel you know, and, and the teachings of Jesus. The gospel, the good news, is that Jesus died for each of our sins. That, but not just that he died for our sins so we can go, yahoo, our sins were forgiven, but that we're reconnected with the Father through Jesus. We've been reconnected with God. That the very things that Jesus taught us and that modeled out for us are possible for each and every one of us. We can live in peace and unity because of Jesus. We can live connected with God because of Jesus. And that's what differentiates each and every one of us from the world. Is that we are different when we have Jesus living in us through the Holy Spirit. We are a different people. We are to be a light to this world around us that may be operating in fear, that may be operating in anxiety, that may be looking at situations without any hope. And we bring hope because of the very one who gave us hope, Jesus Christ. He's our hope. He's, he is everything we have comes from abiding in him. It's, it's our connection with him. He says that and on John 17, that as he is in the Father, and the Father's in him, may, may we be in him. That we're actually united with God. That doesn't make us God. It means it's we, by the power of the Spirit that lives within us, we are in him as he is in us. And like I preached the last, like I spoke on last time I was up here, we're always, at the end of the day, that connection doesn't come and go based on our good behavior and our bad behavior. That connection is always there. It just comes, are we aware of it or are we not? Are we abiding in the vine? Because we can't produce, you cannot produce hope in your life by yourself. You can't produce a lack of worry in your life by yourself. You can't produce peace in your life by yourself. But those things are produced out of our connection. Those are the fruits that come through our connection with Jesus. That as we remember that we're connected to him, as we stand in him in these seasons, in these difficult times, in good times and bad times, that we allow ourselves to be connected to Jesus. That we remember. It's not that we allow ourselves. Pardon my words. That, I, that we remember that we are connected that we allow him to be the source that we draw from, then we can have supernatural peace. We can be free from anxiety, free from fear, 
We can truly not worry, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness on anything that's going on in our lives. But it requires us. Well, Jesus told us what it requires. It's like, it's like that we would obey his teachings. That we would obey his teachings. You know, why? Because if we are connected to him, then it's by, it's by doing what he says. It's by putting our trust in him and living out those words that we're able to draw on him. It's how we draw. I heard a quote, I saw a quote recently. He said, don't try to prune anything in your life that Jesus isn't pruning or that God isn't pruning, right? So he talks about it, but hey, look, I'm the vine, you're the branches. You know, in me, you'll bear much fruit. Those that are, you know, those that are bearing fruit, I prune so that they'll bear even more fruit. For us, our, our primary thing as followers of Jesus is just to remember to abide in him. And it's actually not a lot of work. The abiding part doesn't take a ton of effort. It's not about how much knowledge I've got. It's not about how much studying I've done. It's, the, it's will I trust him? Can I be quiet and be aware of him? Am I ordering my life in a way that I can, I make sure I'm aware of him every day? That his perspective is louder than every other perspective around me. For each one of us, that's going to look a little bit different. But it's the place that each and every one of us are to live from. I've been saying lately, Christianity is actually incredibly simple. The, the, the message of the gospel is ridiculously simple. We overcomplicate it. We confuse it. But it's very simple. Sadly, in our overcomplication, we just simply don't live it out. And it's not that living it out is not about how good we are, what we know. It's about us emptying ourselves and surrendering to a Lord. Saying, not my will, Lord, but your will. Not my way, Lord, but your way. And I know that if I do things your way, if I follow you, if I remain connected, you know, if I remember my connection to you and I, I purposely, intently stay connected to you, then all things are possible through you. And the life that you describe and the life that you modeled out for me, Jesus, I can live. Because you know, all the miracles, all the prophecies, all the supernatural, it flows out of that connection to the vine. All the peace, all the love, all the joy in our life, the patience, the long-suffering, all those things, they flow out of that connection to the vine, to Jesus. And may say, man, I've heard this. And I've been saying it a lot. The worship team, those that were there on Wednesday night, or on Thursday night, heard some of this. But it's been something that God's just had me looking at and examining over and over and over in my life. Because the simplicity of this thing seems too good to be true. And I realize that our complicated world has complicated things so much that it's actually, <laughs> the simple has become difficult. 
but for each and every one of us, those here in person, those, those online, there's just this constant invitation from our Lord. He says, I've got you. I love you. Trust me. Let me, let me be everything to you. Let me be everything to you. And from that place, from that place of abiding, from that place of trust, from that place of surrender, we will be a light that shines in the darkness. So much so the darkness will not be able to overtake it. The anxiety and the worries that may be there in this time, they won't overtake you. The allure of the world, it won't overtake you. But just the simple trust and the simple following and the step-by-step obedience to the one who gave life to us all. I don't have anything more profound for you today. You know, I don't have wise and eloquent words. I just will have the encouragement, the encouragement that I have for my own life, the encouragement that I have for each and every one of you, is may we put these words into practice. May we not just hear the word, may we not just read the good news and then go on with life as if it didn't matter. In Hebrew culture, you didn't know something because you had information in your head. When Jesus and the scriptures talk to us about knowing, they mean that we would live it, that we would take these words and be able to put them into practice. Any area where you can't, that's okay. Jesus can help you with that. But may we intently allow him into our lives into each area of our lives so that we can put these words into practice all the time. Greg, I'll pass it back over to you. James, thanks so much for that word. And uh, it's so true. God's heart his desire, his plan for each and every one of us as believers is that we would bear much fruit. Fruit in every season. And uh, the way in which that happens is not by us going, okay, I just got, if I could just do a little bit more, I've just got to try a little harder. If I could just, just change this, it's exactly through what James said, through what the word says, abide, remain, remain in my love. And that is our prayer for each and every one of you, that you would respond to his invitation of love this week and remain. Remain in that place. Dwell in that place. Abide in that place of knowing him, of growing in intimacy with Jesus Christ. And out of that place, fruit just happens. It happens. I just want, I want to, I want to close by, by just for those of us that are, are joining us online today, there may be people with us that have never tasted of that love before, that have never experienced that love before for themselves. And, and we don't want to miss this opportunity to invite you to know Jesus Christ personally within your life. We don't want you walking away from today without having the opportunity to have an assurance 
of eternal life through Jesus Christ. And you can have that today, the Bible says, simply by believing in who Jesus is and in what he's done. The Bible says in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So we're going to pray together for that today. And if that's your desire and you've never invited Christ into your life, you've never received of that love and that gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ, we want to give you the opportunity today. So let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the gift of your Son. We thank you that you loved us by sending your Son to die in our place. We thank you that you paid for all of our sin on the cross, Jesus that you took our punishment in our place, that we might receive of your righteousness and that we might know God, we might know you for ourselves. Today we receive of this gift of eternal life. We receive of your forgiveness and we thank you, God, for setting us free, for forgiving us of all of it. Lord, today we invite your Holy Spirit to come into our lives and to fill us once again. Fill us. Fill us anew, we pray. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, I just want to encourage you to let us know uh, because we would like to really encourage you in your faith journey growing in Christ. To all of you that have joined us today, we're honored that you're with us. And we pray that your eyes would remain laser-focused on Jesus Christ and that you would have an amazing week demonstrating who he is to the world and the hope that we have in Christ Jesus. Amen. Bless you all.